Hi there, this is Kevin Carlson, and I'm here with Warehouse Mouse. Hello! And you're listening to a podcast where nostalgia comes alive. It's Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Cheese! Uh, that's not the line, Warehouse Mouse. It's roll it. Oh, <laughs> roll it! <laughs> Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. Have you here with us? As always, I'm your host, Jake Devenbaum, with me as always, with me, and mapping with his... Newest pal of the Being Public Truth, Professor Brandon. How you guys doing? Doing good. good. Good night, everybody. Yes, this is uh, this is Professor Brandon's debut. Yes, indeed. I'm happy to be here. This is this is my first one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to get weird. Um, how are you doing, Jakey? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you, for asking me, Professor Brandon. Chris, what do you have for today? So our guests for today, uh, they co-founded Monkey Boys Productions, which uh, built and designed the puppets for the series Helpsters. Um, And they've also worked on projects ranging from Blues Room, Sesame Street, Johnny and the Sprites, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And we're here to talk about those and some other things as well. Here they are, Mark Petrosino and Mike Latini. Happy to have you here. Hey, guys. Thanks Thanks for having us. Yeah, hi, everyone. A pleasure. Pleasure. Happy to have you here. So for those who don't know you, could you tell our audience a bit about yourselves and what you do? Sure. Uh, Monkey Voice Productions, uh, we started the company in 06, uh, so 17 years ago. Uh, Michael and I and two other gentlemen, Russell Tucker and Scott Hitz, were all puppeteers in New York City at the time. And um, we realized that in order to have work, you had to kind of make your own work. Uh, so we decided to start a company. Um, uh, we were very lucky. Uh, we got a, a nice boost to start from Marty Robinson. I think, have you guys interviewed Marty? Oh, yeah. He's a good yes, friend. We have. He's, he's yes, we have. Yeah, he's he's great. He's been wonderfully generous to us in our careers. And uh, he subcontracted our company to build some puppets for him. And then over the years, uh, Scott and Russ both left the company. Uh, and Mike and I uh, continued it on. And we expanded we originally were just a puppet company uh, but then we realized we could make props and practical effects and and other elements creatures and costumes using the same um same technique so monkey boy that's a long way to say that monkey boys today makes puppets props practical effects creatures and costumes uh and entertainment we create our own uh productions as well nice very nice very nice uh, so before beginning your careers in puppetry, what was your background like and how did you grow up? Yeah, so um, I grew up doing, uh, from about the age of 12, I was doing both uh, backstage technical theater and also on stage performance. Um, but then also um, my dad had a home remodeling business, so I was working with him in construction every summer. Um, and throughout high school and then into college, I went to college for jewelry, metals, and computer-aided design. Um, and that's when I kind of realized that lots of the things I loved uh, growing up as a kid, like uh, the Muppets and Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock and Jurassic Park and Jaws and Star Wars, and all of these things had a through line that was puppetry. Um, and 
that puppetry fit really well into all the things I love to do, like perform and also do technical backstage work. Um, so I was, uh, I pretty much just started telling people I wanted to become a puppeteer and, and was lucky enough to get a volunteer position at the O'Neill Puppetry Conference up in Connecticut. And that's where I first started meeting professional puppeteers and, and working with them. And then it was just a slow, slow, steady climb of working more and more and then starting the company and working more and more. Nice. Mark, what about you? Uh, like Mike, I grew up uh, a fan of the Muppets and Fraggle Rock and all of the practical effects movies from the 80s and 90s. Um, and I dreamed of being a puppeteer, but I realized there were only about, what, five or six guys who were the puppeteers at that point. Uh, it was very uh, homogenous. Um, so I, I went to school originally for science, uh, one of my other passions. Um, partway through that, though, I realized it wasn't I wasn't as passionate about it as I had originally thought and found a school in Ithaca College where you could create your own major. And I uh, created a puppetry degree drawing from their theater and television and speech programs. And then, like Mike, uh, volunteered up at the O'Neill Puppetry Conference um, and then, you know, that led to auditions and and workshops and experience and uh, really have been very lucky to work for many years now as a puppeteer. Nice. So I'm kind of curious. So did the both of you have any like favorite Muppets or Muppet projects growing up? Absolutely. Um, I really loved Snuffy, uh, Snuff oh, yeah. Um I love Fozzie. He's such a, a complex character um, and melancholy even though he's supposed to be the funny Muppet. Um, uh, I grew up loving Jaws, and even though that was a mechanical disaster, um, that, you know, the movie itself was great, and the the mechanical shark puppet uh, was effective because they limited how much was seen. Um, mm. I, I love the Dark Crystal. Oh, the, yeah. The mystics That's in that are, just intrigued me, yeah. I mean, all yeah, all of the puppets in that. That was, I think, the first feature-length film to be exclusively puppets. There were no mm -hmm. humans or any other elements in it. It's all puppets. Definitely, definitely, Michael. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, similarly, uh, I mean, everything Mark said, and then also I remember just loving Fraggle Rock so much. I think I caught it in the beach in between when it was it came off HBO and maybe onto more basic cable or something like that. Or maybe I was lucky enough to have HBO at the time. <laughs> but um, I just loved the different scale of the puppets and how they were able to tell the story with all, all the different sizes of puppets and all of that kind of stuff. And then Labyrinth, like Ludo specifically from Labyrinth, those big sized uh, walk around puppets, as we often call them, they were always some of my favorites. Yes, both, both are uh, wonderful movies. Yeah, I I personally like Labyrinth better than that Crystals, but it's very tough to choose the two. Now, uh, now for Mark here, one of your earliest projects as a puppeteer was on the Comedy Central series Crank Yankers. Oh God, that's a throwback in of itself. Uh -huh. Right. Right. Uh, can you share any of your memories from working on that show? I I only worked a couple days on that. That was uh, my first professional television puppetry uh, job. And that's where I met Paul McGinnis, a wonderful puppeteer, um, and a bunch of other puppeteers that I now call friends and colleagues. Um, 
it was wild. Uh, they, they, you know, because it was all prank calls to realistic specific places, they would make parody versions of those. Uh, so like instead of 7-Eleven, I think it was like A12 was the name of the store. <laughs> and they had all these fake products on the, on the shelves. And I can't tell you the names of the products because I'm sure this, uh, they would not get past your sensors. Some of the, <laughs> the dirty names they put on there, but um, it was a lot of fun, and it was, you know, it was a great eye opener and a, a great uh, trial by fire. So nice, awesome. So for you, Marco, who are some of your like your favorite characters to perform? To perform, or or in general? Yeah, I mean, boy, I I've been so lucky to perform perform so many, and there's a lot that I really really love. Um, but probably the two closest to my heart are Audrey too. Um, Michael and I have each performed Little Shop over a thousand times a piece. Wow. Um, wow. And you can't do that if you don't love the show. No. You, know, you just would go crazy. Right. Um, and Audrey too is just so much fun. It's so collaborative. You're working with often multiple puppeteers and the voice of the plant. And it's such a great character. And she gets to do everything. She gets to be seductive and she gets to be, you know, uh, begs and, and bullies. And it's, it's a great dramatic character. Um, the other character I really have enjoyed performing is um, Sorrow um, from Madama Butterfly when we did that at the Met at the opera. Uh, it was a, a Bunraku style three person puppet and it was very physically challenging. Um, but it was also very rewarding because you got to play this child and just react to everything as a child would, which, you know, they're never going to hire me to be a child as an actor. Right. Uh, so it's, it's a great way to explore and be something you never would be again. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So, so for, uh, for you, Michael, your, your puppetry career began uh, playing bear in the bear in the big blue house live tour. What was it like doing that? Uh, it was really special and amazing i mean uh luckily having become friends with noel mcneil it's so great to have started kind of my performance puppetry career with that show um getting to lip sync to his voice seven days a week pretty much was great uh it, and that puppet alone it like i said before these like walk around puppets are still my favorite the large scale puppets it's just such an effective way of using puppetry and everyone is so responsive to it um bear was bear is really awesome um even though he takes a toll on your body physically it it's a super fun puppet um and then echoing oh, yeah. you know audrey too is also a similarly amazing puppet that i just love to perform definitely definitely in terms of the uh bear tour what were your some of your favorite locations to tour Oh gosh, I've I've blended all of my touring into one big trip um, in my brain, so it's it's a little hard to remember specifics. But um, gosh, uh, Denver I've always enjoyed. Um, we also did get to go to Hawaii. That was oh, amazing. Nice. Yep. Um, and I've been able, I mean, with my touring life, I, I toured on Better Than Big Blue House live. I toured with Little Shop of Horrors with Mark, the first national tour. And then I've also toured with Walking with Dinosaurs and How to Train Your Dragon. So I've been able to go everywhere in the United States, um, Alaska, Hawaii, the continental United States, and then also out to um, Australia and New Zealand, which has been really amazing. 
Oh. Oh, that's cool. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Nice. That's wonderful. So you also actually got to tour also for the Rugrats Live. Can you talk a bit about that? Uh, I did not tour for Rugrats Live. I did a little bit of work at a studio called Yvette Helene Studios. Um, one of my early, when I first moved to New York, after I finished the uh, Bear in the Big Blue House Live tour, I moved to New York and got a job working in this costume character um, shop called Yvette Helene Studios. And we made some of the um, Rugrats Live characters, walk around characters. So that was my experience with Rugrats Live. Uh, actually, nice. both Mark had worked there in the past also, and Russell, one of the founding members. It's one of the places we all worked at before we started the company. I think Scott even worked there briefly with us. That's true. Yeah, almost all of us worked there. Nice. Hmm. Nice. And I know you also uh, both had also worked on a Saturday Night Live. What, what was that like? We continue to work on there. Um, we we got lucky. That door actually opened because of Little Shop of Horrors. Um, Bobby Moynihan had written a sketch, a Little oh. Shop of Horrors sketch, um, oh. that got cut literally at the eleventh hour. Um, but uh, while we were up there, they were asking us, "Well, if you can build this, can you build that? Can you build one of those?" And we're like, "Sure, we can build all these things." And they started calling us. And uh, over the years, geez, this hopefully the season will happen if the strike ends. Yeah. Um, this will be our ninth season with yeah. them. Wow. Um, oh. Or tenth, maybe. Uh, first season was we we did the little shop sketch in season forty, but that so was this it. will be our this will be our tenth sketch yeah. or tenth season. Tenth season. Wow. And now now wow. we're at the point where you know it started off where we only worked on a couple episodes, and now we're at the point where we work on every episode and we're up there every Saturday, uh, and puppeteer more than half of the episodes. So. Hmm. Oh wow, nice. Wow. It's wonderful. Wow. It's it's so much fun and so surreal to be like walking around backstage where, you know, Dan Aykroyd and Phil Hartman and uh Gilda Radner and all these amazing performers once, you know, trod. Absolutely. So for you, Mark, you, you actually had the pleasure of working at Sesame Street for several years. How did that kind of like begin for you uh, to work on that? I worked over a couple seasons, but it was only a handful of days in each season. Um, that was uh, in part from the O'Neill Conference. Um, I got to know Pam Arciero oh, and Marty man. Robinson. Oh, yeah, oh, Pam is. Yeah. I can't say enough nice things about Pam. She's we, just one we of the. Can't either. Yeah, yeah, she's also a previous guest. She is. Previous she's wonderful. Guest. That's great. Yeah, she's she's the godmother of puppetry. Yeah. She. Yeah, me, yeah, me and Pam. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, both me and Pam been, been like, usually like snack, so you know, she's a wonderful person. Yeah, hey Pam, absolutely. if you're watching this. <laughs> yes. She uh she and Marty and Matt Vogel uh, and a couple other people gave me opportunities either when I visited or um to audition to to come in and fill in for days when they needed extra hands. Um so I got to perform one day. Uh they we were doing a a bit at the Count's Castle. Um, so I got to work with Jerry Nelson that day, which was wonderful. Another amazing oh, human being. Uh, um, yeah, the, the, it was only a couple of days, and I, I feel super lucky that I got the chance because um, not a lot of people do. So Nice. Nope. Not a lot of people do it all. Didn't you guys also have uh, Marty's wife? 
Yes, we did. Annie yes, Evans. Annie yes. Evans. Yeah, we've interviewed her as well. Who also made a cameo appearance. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. love, I love that. Like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. these guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know about it. Of course I do. I watched the episode with you. Fair enough. Um, so for for Mark, do you remember the first puppet you performed on Sesame Street? Yes, the first one I did was the the violinist for the um that that Count's Castle sketch I was talking about. Um, there was some cheapers oh, I can't remember the the exact song, but it was something where the Count was up and singing, and and they had a whole band, and I they were like, here, trial by fire. You put on the lead violinist, and uh, so I'm I'm trying to not lip sync, but like sync the bow movement along with the pre-recorded track. And uh, Noel was there that day. And I, I had, I think maybe what met Noel once briefly, and he, I, he didn't know me at all at that point. And he leans out from under the, the block he was under and he's like, uh, maybe tone down the realism. You're making the rest of us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Thank you, Noel. <laughs> uh, then the, the next time I think I got to play a hungry little bird, there there was a um an episode where, oh boy, I just blanked on her name, Shelly Jones, Shirley Jones from the Partridge Family. Oh yeah, mom from mm-hmm. the Partridge Family was playing Mother Goose, and she had her uh, nursery school, but it was nursery rhyme school, and so Hansel and Gretel are out running along and they're dropping breadcrumbs, and I played the little bird that would come behind them and eat up all the breadcrumbs so they couldn't find their way home. Nice. And I know uh, during your time on Sesame Street, you also got to work on the uh, Christmas special, Elmo's Christmas Countdown. Do you, do you remember what you did in that special? Yes, I do. I, uh, I, it was a, a forest scene where Jennifer Hudson uh, was running through the forest singing Carol of the Bells. And oh, that's there a were a bunch of us. Yeah, it's great. I was the, the beaver at the end there. Um, there were all the woodland animals. And originally they had given me this tiny little bird puppet, like, probably made from the same pattern as Robin, like the frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tiny. And I have relatively large hands. So I'm trying to put the bird on and it's like, it not fitting. And Matt's like, what are you doing here? You switch with this person. You, you have the bigger beaver puppet and this person, you take the little bird puppet. So <laughs> Awesome. Interesting. So uh, on the subject of the Muppets, both of you got to perform briefly with the Muppets on the Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Yes, Late Night. That's how far back we're going here. Yes. Before <laughs> the Tonight Show. Uh, what was your experience like working with Jimmy Fallon? It was uh, very quick and pretty amazing. I mean, we were there as um, assistant puppeteers because they had this very large, every all the Muppets out in this one last scene um and you know we're waiting there to be divvied our puppet and not even sure who we were going to be puppeteering and then ultimately they handed us the Swedish chef so that Mark was on the head and I was on the hands um and then um we do this large finishing number which I'll I'll let Mark continue the story because it was it was definitely a little bit stressful and crazy all at the same time I bet I bet I know which one you're talking about though yeah. We uh, originally, yeah, everybody else was, because they had all of the big Muppet performers there and all the people that are working on Bear in the Big Blue House and all of these longtime professionals. And Mike and I are like third or fourth stringers. So we're like, well, we'll just be right-handing for whatever. And they're like, nope, you two guys handle the Swedish chef. Good luck. 
So <laughs> they set us up for the shot and we get in position. And then at the last minute, they're like, uh, we're going to switch you to the edge of the shot. So we're kind of like coming in from the corner of the shot like this, leaning in. And um, we sing this last note and they didn't tell us, we thought it was a static shot. They didn't tell us that the camera would be moving. Uh, and we're all stationed in front of Jimmy Fallon and he's on a, a drum set, which is also on a riser. So he gets up and starts walking and we're like, oh, he's moving. So we kind of adjust her body to sit right. And then he steps down off the riser and the camera goes, boop. And all of a sudden you see, boop, my head as the camera pans across. <laughs> <laughs> so they continue oh, no. the shot, which is him going to his new studio and they celebrate and they come back and they watch playback and they're like, great, that's a bye, wrap, that's a wrap for the day. And in the meantime, I had leaned over to Bill Beretta, who I, we just met that day. I don't know Bill, you know, I just, just met him. And I'm like, my head was in that shot, Bill. He's like, don't worry, we'll, we'll fix it next time. They call a wrap, they call a bye. And he's like, uh, there's a puppeteer's head in that shot. And they're like, we'll take care of it. So if you go back and watch that shot, there's a blur on Jimmy Fallon's crotch. That's my head. As he's <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Uh, I'm talking about bad placement. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that that's a that's a classic right there. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that was Jimmy Fallon's last late night show. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. It uh, was. Was before he, before he moved to Tonight Show. Yep. I can't which I can't believe he's been doing almost a decade now. I know. It's crazy. I know it is. It is absolutely crazy. So for Mark, you worked on another children's series, Blues Room. Ah, yes, doing the puppetry for Silly Seat. Very, very short-lived on TV, I guess, right? Mm, yes, and my, my time on there was very short-lived. I, again, uh, I was just I brought imagine. in uh, as a, hey, we need extra hands for one day. So I only did one day on that show. Um, again, uh, Pam and uh, Matt helped to get me in on that. So I'm, I'm very grateful. They opened a lot of doors for me. Oh, Yeah, Blues Room is a very good show. I've had the chance to uh, rewatch some of the episodes on Paramount+. Plus. It's a very good show. You yeah. Have, you oh yeah. Have, you, Absolutely you have, amazing show. You have yeah. one of the, Hey Jake, you're alive. <laughs> uh, you, you have you have one on the uh, VHS tape, right? Yes, I do. I do have one of the. Yeah, old tapes. I actually do have a couple oh couple of DVDs too. Started as a show, then it was on like VHS, a t- couple of VHS tapes, and then another season. Wow. Feeling old? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way to make your debut, Professor Brandon, making me feel old. That's the point. That's entirely the point. <laughs> so for you, Marco, you're also working on the Playhouse Disney series, Johnny and the Sprites. How did that come about for you to work on that? Yeah, I think that was in a... I always am good friends with this guy, Michael Schubach, and he, I think, was... Uh, one of the puppet designers for the show um, and they needed some extra hands in the props department. So um, I worked with, along with this guy, Mike Pantuso, um, I think who is the props designer or head of the props department and ended up building a a bunch of like flower props. And some of them were more like puppets, you know, how sometimes props are props are used as puppets and stuff like that. But I think it was a, it was a, I think like a full month, of pre-production when I was there in the studio helping get things set up for the for this shoot of the series um but it was mostly prop work on that one with a little bit of puppetry on the side here and there nice hey so um 
So for you, Mark, one of your most recent puppeteering projects was on the Fred Rogers biopic, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. What, what was it like kind of working with those uh, puppets on that? It was amazing. Uh, Spencer Townley Lott, um, I don't know if you guys have talked with him yet. Oh, He's... yeah, Spen yes. I love Spencer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. previous guest of ours, great guest. He's the guest with Michael great Schubach guy. as well. Okay. Yeah. He, they're, he they're um, I actually met him at the O'Neill as well, way back when, when he was just a kid. And uh, he's 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 amazing. He and his wife um, got hired to make the puppets for that, and they made precise replicas of the original uh, ones that Mr. Rogers had used on the on the on his show. And it was awesome because we shot in the studio in Pittsburgh, where they actually shot the original Mr. Rogers show, and they built a replica of, of the set, but not just a replica of the front, but of the whole thing because it was all behind the scenes. So. The castle had all these irregular, you know, joints and you know, messed up screws and whatnot. So it looked like a real used set instead of just being, you know, a facade. Um, and getting to be there and work with them and work with Matthew Reese and Tom Hanks and uh, just all of these amazing performers, it was it was surreal and wonderful. Nice. It is. It is a wonderful. It is a wonderful biopic. Uh, highly yeah. recommend if anybody hasn't seen it yet. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, Mario Heller, who directed that, is an amazing director. She was just so, so good on set and just so great at eliciting performances. She also directed um, Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is a great drama with uh, um, Melissa McCarthy. Oh, nice. Mm. Very nice. nice, very nice. Uh, so you mentioned your introduction in 2006. You both co-founded Monkey Boys Productions. How how did uh, how was Monkey Boys kind of created? How did how did it come along? Yeah, it was really it was really just the child of lack of work. <laughs> I mean, we kind of had um, had high hopes that you know we'll start our own company and we'll be able to control the work. Um, and while that is basically what has happened at this point, you know, it took. 10 years for us to become a full-time company. So um, it took a while, but we got there. I guess we're, we're dedicated. Nice. <laughs> I'd say so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So through, through Monkey Boys, we also mentioned uh, designing and building the puppets for the series Helpsters. What was it like uh, getting to work on that? It was a lot of fun. We, um, our two main designers on that were uh, Jeremy Holmes, who was a, a friend of mine since childhood who's a wonderful children's book illustrator if you're ever looking for really cool uh books for kids check out his stuff um and dan cook who's a friend of ours who's a self-taught uh, muppet genius um can make muppet style puppets out of you know anything um the two of them worked with us to design the puppets and uh you know we saw it through the the, the completion and and it it seems like a great show. Uh, it was the brainchild of Tim McKeon, who also created, um, what's the name of that? Uh, 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 squad. What is it? Odd uh, Squad. Odd Squad. Oh, yeah. Odd Squad. Yeah. Odd yeah. Squad. Yeah. 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 He created that and a bunch of other stuff. Fantastic uh, creative oh, mind. Wow. Um, and I, one of the wonderful, crazy things that we never thought would happen is we got an Emmy nomination out of that show for the design. Never oh, thought wow. our name would be mentioned awesome. amongst Emmys as puppeteers. So <laughs> pretty sweet. Nice. That's wonderful. Didn't they just start the uh, Children and Family Emmys this past year? 
uh last year they did yeah which is honestly yeah. that's really cool that that shows like that had their own emmys i find that really really cool yeah yeah and it seems like they finally included a puppets and puppetry mm-hmm. category instead that, uh, of bundling it all together with effects and costumes yeah yeah definitely C- certainly a wonderful wonderful uh thing that they've got going on now going back to sesame briefly briefly here you also created a stage puppet version of velvet for elmo the musical live show at sesame place we did How, what, yeah that was, was that was it? a fun one yeah, what was what was the uh, kind of creative process behind building that? I believe I, there may have been a connection through Johnny Tartaglia. John Tartaglia, I think he mm. was directing the show that was going into the theater, and they needed a, a talking. They needed a velvet version of that CG puppet because in the show itself, it was completely CG, um, even though it was puppeteered live in the show. Um, was Leslie Carrera, I'm pretty sure, was that character. Mm-hmm. Um, so they needed a version of it in real life. So that was a fun challenge that I got to do with one of our other fabricators at the time, Erica, um, was to build this this curtain that could talk with blinking eyes and then had a moving mouth, but also the mouth needed to be able to go, ooh. So we added a fun mechanism where you would pull a trigger and it would make the lips pucker into that ooh shape. Um, it was a lot of fun, and then we—I think we just refurbished it yet again, maybe like a year ago. So I believe they yeah. still incorporated into that show or a different show. Nice. Uh, that's great. So speaking of live shows, you both worked on various Broadway and off-Broadway productions. Can you talk about some of your theater work? Sure. Um, one of my first—I guess my first off-Broadway show was the Long Christmas Ride Home which was with uh, Basil Twist. Um, he created the puppets for that. Um, and I got to do a bunch of different stuff with Basil on stage. We, we did Petrushka at Lincoln Center, um, Master Peter's Puppet Show there and in Chicago. And um, obviously, like I'd mentioned before, uh, Madama Butterfly at the Metropolitan Opera, um, Little Shop on Broadway and on tour with Mike. Mm-hmm. I love doing live theater. It's, it's a whole other animal. Um, and to, to be able to get that immediate feedback and electricity from the crowd when you do stuff right is is wonderful. Absolutely. And then as a company, we've built props or puppets for a multitude of different Broadway shows. Um, uh, what was, uh, Music Man, Amelie. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors, clearly. Um, funny girl thank you we've been we've been doing a bunch lately uh sometimes it's just one or two props but sometimes it's more involved like little shop obviously Mm -hmm. by the way the nicola the oh yeah mr saturday night the the little shop puppets we built for the most recent um off-broadway production were designed by nicholas mann um who's a internationally renowned puppet designer he's designed for like the olympics and all sorts of stuff he's amazing and great to work with nice ah uh, that's great and you both also got to work on susical the musical what was that like so i think uh, again back when i worked at that helene studio i worked on building some of the characters for that um 
and I think that's mostly when we worked on Suzuko the Musical, that's most of our experiences from when we were back at Yvette Helene Studios. Although we've more recently worked with the Dr. Seuss live experience where we built mm -hmm. a bunch of Dr. Seuss characters for yes. that. Yes. Which is a, a touring um, live experience that you can go experience different Dr. Seuss books in three dimensions, pretty much. It's There's like immersive for different books. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've speaking seen of Yvette, it's really cool. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Um, working with Yvette was huge for all four of us because she's such an amazing builder and just such a great teacher. So it was great that we had that chance to get the experience. It, it's really paid off with our company. Definitely. I bet, I bet it has. Uh, yeah, we've, we've seen photos of it and it is just amazing. Hopefully it'll come oh, here. Yes. Hopefully it'll come uh, uh, here uh, sometime, <laughs> I hope. Uh, yeah, me too. Hopefully, hopefully, I'd love to see it. It'd be really cool. Uh, now, for Michael, you also worked on the Broadway production of the. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. Three-time Tony Award-winning musical Avenue Q. Yes, three-time. Well done. Thank you. Uh, what was it like working on that musical? Yeah. So early on, before we started the company, um, I worked at Rick Lyon's shop, um, building. Well, actually, jumping back a little farther in time. Um, when Avenue Q was off Broadway at the Vine Street Theater, I was doing carpentry work. So I actually built work. I was on the crew that built the Avenue Q set in the theater off Broadway. And then when they started to switch over to Broadway, I got a job at Rick Lyon's shop being one of the puppet builders. So then I worked building the puppets for Broadway. Um, our company has never built a set or built puppets for Avenue Q. It's been me individually, and I, I don't think Mark ever worked on it, but some of our other founding members, I believe, did. I think Scott Hitz and Russell Tucker both worked on it as well. I think they both worked at Rick's place mm -hmm. for those. Yeah. Mm. Nice. And I, now I'm curious. I, I know we've we've kind of brought this up on the show before. Uh, the Possibly the biggest Tony upset ever. Best musical? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 2004. Uh, Avenue Q beats Wicked. Your thoughts? I kind of remember that. I remember the surprise, and it was one of those like right. everybody thought it was like a Marissa Torme or Tome thing, where like somebody had switched the envelopes. Um, but I, I, I've never gotten to see Wicked, so I, I have no idea, you know, if it is better or if Avenue Q is better. Yeah, they're both right. good. I remember what so popular that I, I remember we uh, talked to Stephanie DeBruzzo about about that and she said that they were all like mind blown that Avenue Q beat Wicked. Didn't you guys also talk to Jennifer Barnhart about that? Yes. Yes, yes we did. Uh yeah. she said and Rick uh, Lyon? Jennifer, Jen, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh did did we talk to Rick Lyon about the town? I feel like we did. Did we? Maybe. I don't I, I don't think. remember. I know we talked to Jennifer Barnhart about it. She said like nobody thought Wicked was, everybody thought Wicked was going to win, except yeah. for a uh, person who played Gary Coleman. Oh, I, I, name's blanking on me. Oh, I forgot his name. But uh, yeah, pretty much everybody. And it's crazy. I I, I saw it again uh, recently, the Tony Woods from 04. And uh, I think I think on the big screen, it, it actually said Best Musical, Wicked. So they had to change it to Best Musical Avenue Q. That was oh, like, wow. Dope. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 it, it's like a wide shot when when everybody's going up there and 
uh, accepting the award and all that. You'll see it's it's like a split screenshot there. Um, you'll probably you, you folks will probably see it in post. Yeah, there it is. Best musical, Wicked, must have shocked the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, Wicked was crazy popular that year. It's it still is it's still on Broadway like twenty oh. years later. Yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. Definitely. So since we're kind of getting close to uh, wrapping this up, so to anyone watching or listening, what would you like to say to those who have kind of uh, supported you throughout your careers? Boy, um, I'm just very grateful. I'm grateful that my parents didn't murder me when I decided to pursue puppetry. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm grateful that... I know that feeling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think we can hear you anymore, Mark. I lost you. I don't know why. Um, but I can talk and reiterate that, you know, we, we've had so many awesome opportunities that luckily we've been able to back up with our own talent or compiling awesome talent from the people that work with us here because now we have about 30 employees that work with us. So, you know, Monkey oh, Boys, wow. while it started as, as four people, um, you know, it was a really small company for a long time, but now we, we definitely are, a, are a, a large team of people that are making awesome things happen. So it's a, it's a big thanks to all of them. I mean, my, my family, they were amazing to support me when I was saying puppetry. And, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a team of people everywhere that helped us get to where we are now. And even people like you that are just interested in puppetry that just learn stuff about us when we don't even know that you guys are learning stuff about us. It's, it's pretty <laughs> great to have fans out there that we might not even know about. Oh, thank you. That means I a mean, lot. Thank you. Thank you. I, mean, I mean, to be fair, there's always something to learn about puppetry. You never stop learning. Uh-uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. So always exactly. learn. Yes. Definitely are. So if people would like to connect with either you or Monkey Boys Productions, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, Instagram or our website. So Monkey Boys Productions is our Instagram handle, I believe. And then our website is monkeyboysproductions.com. Um, you can reach out to us through those channels. That's always going to be the best. Um, you know, you'll probably reach our production team before you reach us. But that's how you get to us nowadays. Um, the uh, other best way to follow us is um, we have, over the pandemic, we started a DIY puppet kit, do-it-yourself puppet kit um, nice. package, so that if people are interested in learning how to make puppets, we actually put together about you know 95% of everything that you would need to make your own puppet in a little kit and mail it off to you. So you can go to, on our website, monkeyboysproductions.com, you'll see a, a DIY puppet kit link, uh, link or store where you can pick from all the different furs and fabrics that we have and the different styles of puppets that you can make um, and get all those materials shipped to your house. Nice. And links to uh, Monkey awesome. Boy's website and socials will be in the description down below. Yeah. Or want to connect. Yes. Yep. So to end this off, the last question that Jake's about to ask is a question that we ask all of our guests at the end. Go ahead, Jake. Yes. Thank you, Chris. So, of course, you know, this podcast is called Jake's Happiness Saw Show. Mm -hmm. hey look at that mm -hmm. um when you think of nostalgia when you think of or in your own words how would you define the word nostalgia mm. nostalgia is that 
warm feeling you get from memories. Um, you know, that, that, that love and magic that uh, a memory can bring to you uh, from something nice, whether it's, you know, a hug from a grandparent or a fun show you watched or a toy you used to play with all the time. Um, it's not always accurate, but it, it's, that doesn't matter because it's usually a wonderful feeling in my opinion. Nice. Michael, what about you? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot about anytime I rewatch lots of the movies I watched in my youth, Star Wars or Back to the Future. But then I also think of nostalgia as like when I eat certain meals that I had when I was a kid at my grandparents' house, very, very much like that. Go to certain places, even just going back to your high school or grade school or something like that. It, th those feelings that it, it brings up like, oh, wow so many memories that you almost don't know how to how to deal with all the memories so we just say nostalgia <laughs> the smell the smell of warm italian bread oh yeah takes me back to <laughs> yes yes a very yes. specific bakery yep. but... definitely yes, yes. well mark and michael thank you so much for taking the time to do this this was a blast yes thank thanks for having us yeah thanks yes, for having us fun much. guys yes absolutely great to meet all of you Nice yes, to meet you yes, too. Likewise, and thank yes, you so likewise. much, you know, for yeah, for for what you both have done, be, be a part of our lives, and keep up your great work. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait what's next year, and of course, the future of Monkey Boys productions. Yes, yes, as well. Well, too. Thank you, guys. Yes, keep yeah, in touch. I'll, I'll let you guys you. know when this goes up. Excellent. Awesome. Thank right, you. Thanks, Chris. Take thanks, care. Man. Thanks, Jake. Yep, Bye. You're welcome. Later. Bye, guys. See you, guys. See ya. Bye. It's goodbye yes. from us as well, everyone. Mm -hmm. We absolutely enjoyed yes. our time with Mark Petrosino and Michael Latini. Uh, their work Boys. on yes, their work on uh, Monkey Boys Productions is great. The puppets yes. for Helpers are beautiful, and yes. oh yes, the project the projects they've worked on separately, like Sesame Street, Johnny and the Sprites, Saturday Night um, Live. Assuming they have a season this season, right? Yes. Brilliant team uh, of puppeteers and puppet team. builders, but um, yes. Um, in the meantime, yeah. keep on mm -hmm. the lookout for wonderful interviews. Again, links to Monkey Boys will be in the description down below. On um, Instagram and their website. Yes. Yes. And yes. to sure. close us out, what do we say, Jake? Keep nostalgia alive. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Take care. Bye. Take Bye, care. Everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show interview. Be sure to follow Jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive. Bye-bye.